What is up, everyone? This is Press X to Start Podcast Season 6, Episode 1. Press X to Start Podcast is an audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. The Last Raven, a.k.a. Sex and Bad Choices. Oh, y'all gonna figure out what The Last Raven is very soon. Well, probably in about a couple of years, but whatever. Who else is here? I think I'll say pretty soon and then a couple years. Anyway, because <laughs> I'm your heavyweight champion from a witch nigga Wood, California, aka the janitor because we watching niggas, aka the Kraken's black color. But sorry, the Kraken's black oh, cousin, God. the crack a lacking. Here we go. <laughs> I got real racist and he pulled it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy Jordan, aka JX Spot, aka the last specter. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. All right. We're all okay. the last of something. And Avery? It's the last oh, of us. Yes, I'm Avery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You almost forgot it, but you pulled it in at the very end. I like it. All right. Um, that is who we are. Um, let's talk about the highlights for this episode. Uh, Troy Baker is working with NFTs, and no one is excited. I, I, wonder, I wonder why. Uh, Take-Two spends billions in a new relationship, and I hate it. And... Uh, from software returns to its core. Wink, 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 wink. Oh. Um, housekeeping, housekeeping. Uh, go, go watch our, our content. Um, we put out our uh, fantasy league draft, and it's pretty awesome, and it's pretty fun, and it's a good time. And you should. That's yeah, a, a fun episode. It is. It is. All right. With that being said, let us jump into what we have been playing. Uh, first off. We got Deep Rock Galactic. That was played by mostly Avery, and I also joined in a few times. So, Avery, what was your um, impression of that game? Doug uh, played with y'all too, right? Yeah, with yeah, me, Doug, Doug was, Sean, yeah. and then DJ ghosted us for about three nights and then showed up on the third night. I have a child. I also <laughs> so played Sean. So does Sean. But the, here's the thing. We would see you online playing other games after you told us, hey, well, are you playing Deep Rock Galactic with us? Yeah, I'm playing. And then like an hour later, DJ's online playing something else. I'm like, I guess he's coming. And then he leaves offline. And then we get like a we get like a message like at like 12. Yeah, I can't play it, guys. I'm like, I then I guess. So so okay, so let me let me explain myself real quick. The problem is um we put London to bed around like seven thirty eight, and I might jump on before that, but it's really kind of off and on thing because she's awake and she's doing stuff. So I can't really do in like an online online thing until she's down, which is like nine thirty or so. So after nine thirty, I'm free to go. But I think I, I looked and I didn't I didn't see anyone on or something like that. And then yeah, so the one time cap. I wanted to see big cap, giant cap, huge cap, <laughs> can be bigger than a cap that he's wearing. <laughs> Uh, we have we have Discord receipts of asking DJ, are you getting on? <laughs> <laughs> I got on eventually, and the the one time that I played with everyone, I had a great time. Yeah, uh, Deep Rock Galactic is super fun, but I, I'm going to count that it's super fun as a multiplayer experience. Uh, it is a uh, sort of it's it's one of those uh, uh, PC survival games. This time you're playing uh, dwarves mining for space minerals in a vaguely sinister capitalistic military company uh you pick one of four classes a minor engineer soldier or a scout and you explore various rock-based environments uh collecting materials and that's where my enjoyment of the game disappears 
I think the actual <laughs> playing with four people as their friends is super fun. And like they've done like this is a game that was in early access for like two and a half years. So like this, we're oh, getting wow. the feature complete version of this game now released on consoles. And as a feature complete game, it's super fun. It's a super fun multiplayer experience. But I think I always judge every multiplayer experience I play as what it's a single player. Like if it can be played as a singular person, how is it as a singular person? And as a singular yeah. game, it's kind of not fun, kind of boring, and not very well thought out in regards to its individual systems. Like, mm-hmm. like this is a game, and I'll end the conversation here. This is a game that if Douglas sounds the, like the klaxons and calls for people to play Deep Rock, I will be in there like swimwear because I have fun to play in that game. I play the uh, engineer. I make fucking platforms. And it, I can scream rock and stone and get a rock and stone from all my friends. It's great. <laughs> but, like, I have no interest in playing this with random people or, like, solo to grind for experience because this once again it's a multiplayer game so it has a very grindy upgrade path i just don't find fun yeah yeah i i totally agree with everything avery just said um my time playing it i definitely spotted oh this is a great multiplayer game but i couldn't imagine playing this in single player even when i played the tutorial before you can actually jump into multiplayer stuff it was it was fine at best but it was very slow and methodical because you are having to look for stuff you're you're mining you're making sure you know where you're going you're pulling up your map and like that really like you know that appeals to a certain kind of player and i definitely yeah exactly exactly and like this is a game that definitely flourishes when you are playing with people well you're playing with a four-man squad who each are playing an individual class that's one of the issues i have with the game is that like one, there are only four classes, who I think kind of sucks because I think this is like we're not going to get any more other classes. It's just these four going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, and then two, everyone's so specialized that when you don't have one with you, it kind of you ruins the experience. Like we put Sean on Digger on the minor class and like on Digger, we, you say. Yes. And if we don't have him, like it's just not fun to play. Oh, yeah. It's well, just yeah, us. Yeah. Not smacking ourselves against stone wall to make paths really slowly while he can do it instantly. And right. then Douglas, who plays Scout, can get up to all these high areas, but unless there's a platform uh, on him, he can't really do much up there. Mm-hmm. And then me, like, my guns, at least early on, suck. Like, I have a shotgun and a grenade launcher, and there is fucking uh, uh, friendly fire, so if, like, I use my grenade launcher, I'm gonna hit my teammate. Right. And then my shotgun means that, like, if I get into a firefight, I have to be five feet in front of an enemy to be any use. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's Deep Rock. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, that was Marcus and Avery. Is that mm-hmm. multiplayer? Do y'all play together or was it a single player? No, nope. the sing- it's, it's a single, it's single player. Okay. How was that? Uh, I mean, I don't know how much Avery played of it. I only played maybe the opening section of it, so... It's more Persona 5, uh, which is not a bad thing, but it's also not. I'll probably play through it just because I love Persona 5, especially Persona 5 Royal. But Mm. it's also something where it's like if this wasn't a Persona game, I wouldn't play it because I do not like the style of combat, really. Like, yeah, I I, I used to kind of like Musos when I was in high school, but I grew out of that a while ago. So, you know, it's 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 really just more so getting a chance to hang out with the Persona crew again before they inevitably go to Persona 6. I was well, I was 
going to play this game ages ago and I didn't have time and then like it showed up on PS Plus so I decided fuck it I have literally all the time in the world in this offseason that we had so I decided to start playing it and I forgot why I wanted to play this game in the first place because it's just Persona 5 2 it is a mm-hmm. full on sequel to Persona it's got fucking the exact same environment UI everything screams Persona except for the gameplay which is a action oriented Musou and I played a lot of the uh, uh, branded Musou games. Like I think Hyrule Warriors is one of the best Musou's ever made. And I think yeah. one of the things they do really well with their branded stuff is integrate those systems into the core games. So this is like, this isn't just like a, I'm Lu Bu running down at a hundred enemies on a big wide open, like random field. It's like, okay, I am Joker. Uh, I can, uh, pause bring up my persona and use a spell to trigger an all-out attack like all the shit that's in the game it's there mm-hmm. it's just in a uh like it's my issue yeah. with the game and i played up until halfway to the first palace of the game so like mm-hmm. i'm halfway through the idol singer's palace i stopped playing because like this is a persona game so like i need to get my affairs in order before i decide to put what i'm guessing is going to be 50 hours into this game based on the way that the <laughs> game is built uh but it's one of those things where, like, I don't like that they brought in the dungeon design from Persona into this game. Because what essentially it means is you're running down a bunch of long corridors, and then you get to a room where they're going to spawn, like, maybe 50 enemies, and you're going to have a five-second fight, and you're going to do that over and over and over again. Like, with the Zelda Musou, because it was the battlefield, like, you would run, and there's always enemies on the screen. Yeah. There's always fights to take. Like, there's never really downtime. And the Zelda exploration really works because it is a pseudo RPG with even levels and stuff. There's this like there's this weird slowdown to the experience I just kind of don't like. Yeah, and like to your point, the fact that it basically is Persona Five Two just makes me more irritated that it isn't just Persona Five Two. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna keep so many of the trappings of Persona Five, then just make it a full on sequel because. This being a Muso game feels unnecessary. And then also because it's Persona 5 2, sort of, none of the relationship stuff carries over. And I'm also just a little confused, especially after beating Persona 5 Royal. I'm a little confused as to why they're still active or how they're still active. But I haven't beaten Royal yet. I think this is the sequel to Persona 4. One, Persona yeah, 5, yeah, one, yeah. and not anything to do with Royal. Because, yeah, when they get back together, one of the characters from 5 isn't there. They don't talk about anything from Royal at all. And you just sort of carry yeah. on from there, like, for my, I guess, vanilla ending for Persona 5. So it all just feels a little, why is this a thing? Except it's yeah. Japanese, and they love spinoffs, and they love... Uh, well, Persona specifically, yeah. Persona specifically loves spinoffs. Yeah. So it takes them so yeah. long to make games proper that they just... Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, frankly, it's it's inoffensive. I don't know how much. Okay. I don't know if I'm gonna like be playing it like I played Persona Five proper, but it is what it is, you know. Right. Okay. Cool. 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 All right, uh, Jordan, you have been playing the Gunk and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yes, the Gunk uh, came out in December on Game Pass. Um, it's basically an action Fiona. Fiona. game. Shout out to Fiona, Fiona from Shout out to Fiji. Yeah. Yes, um, mm-hmm. she is voice acting, and I can tell this is one of her first times doing it. It's not a dig at her, but okay, you know, yeah. like it's it's a fairly charming story. It's not like uh, high stakes, basically. You know, you're yeah. 
this resource collection company trying to archive new avenues for investment for like large corporations. Like you're basically a contractor essentially, or her character is a contractor. Right. For this environment, it has like uh, it's like cleaning simulation games essentially. This yeah. is like cleaning and you know getting all this gunk out of it. And mm. there is a bit of a plot there, but not that much of a notable plot you know it's like it, okay there was ancient civilization you're figuring out what happened to them like there's no high stakes here um mm. but one thing i do like it is a fairly you know relaxing therapeutic game um not challenging at all you know nice music in the background and it's fairly short too um i think uh, how long was through, it well, people are being in about six hours, you know, like it's not that much of a long game. Oh, okay. and, um, I think I'm at like hour three right now. So I should be done in the next few weeks, I guess, when I pick it up and play it whenever. Yeah. But that's the gunk. Um, also, I played Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Cam had it as one of his games of the year or I don't know if it was number one or two or it was up there for mm-hmm. him. It was somewhere. Yeah. And um, my history of Mass Effect is very long because I had it back on the Xbox 360. Um, Microsoft published Mass Effect 1 mm-hmm. and seeing the contrast in the like original one that I actually recently played last year um like the oh, original yeah, one right. like it's it's on backwards compatibility all that and this one it's like night and day like that shit was <laughs> janky I was like holy shit I put 200 hours into this game uh, when I was a kid I played a tremendous amount of Mass Effect and you know going through it again and seeing you know the um change in that game in terms of its gameplay and structure because you do have mm-hmm. that voice that the conversation within a mass effect community like mass effect 2 is better no mass effect 1 is better mass effect 3 and all of them have their merits except for you know three it's, it's an uphill battle for three <laughs> but all like, all, like, all, all of them have their merits but you know i'm no longer in that position saying that one is that one of them is best mass effect legendary has given me appreciation for all of them because of how well um, it was done. But I tell you what, man, you can like blind me and deafen my ears and put a controller in my hand and say, play Mass Effect 1. That's just fucking muscle memory in terms of like, oh, really? just like <laughs> rush through that game and know where all the shit is. Like, it was like, I was, I was pretty methodical. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. Okay. I thought about on. getting um, Legendary Edition on Game Pass, but then I remembered how old mass effect one is and then just like how even even, now did hmm? you play mass effect one i did i borrowed um our high school friend rajesh's xbox okay yeah we did the exact same thing then yeah um but like i just realized i don't really have any interest in going back and playing all three of them now that we're this far into you know like console generations i almost just would rather play mass effect four at this point I in 2025 <laughs> <laughs> at this Maybe. at this rate yeah. yeah but you do have an option to play it see you have it on game pass I'm gonna pay no that's true. money for it oh that's uh, true that's true they, they promised me a dragon age 4 first and i i'm demanding that i also agree i also <laughs> yep. agree yeah um all right um so dj uh <laughs> as i record this thing what have you been playing? Well, I'll tell you what I've been playing other than Deep Rock Galactic. I've been playing a lot of the games that you know me to play. Other than that, uh, Genshin Impact just had their, like, they uh, every once in a while they do, like, little events. And this recent event they dropped is, like, the Wind Trace event, 
that means nothing to anyone. It, what, it, what it really is is Prop Hunt. And if you know Prop Hunt, Prop Hunt is essentially a game where you take a map, you make the map kind of small. There is one person who plays as the quote-unquote hunter, and the three people play as, um, I don't know, the hunties. Hunty, a term of endearment combining the word and honey. Like, you look sickening, hunty. In this game, they're called the rebels. And uh, essentially, it's a hide-and-go-seek game, right? But the twist in this, the twist in Prop Hunt is that the three Hunties are able to uh, pick items in their environment to um, mimic, right? So you can become a chair, you can become a rock, you become a barrel or whatever. In Genshin Impact, what they do is for each map, they assign only three objects that you can be, right? Um, I've, I've seen Prop Hunt, mainly I've seen Prop Hunt from Achievement Hunters like Let's Plays. And it was like, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. And it was always a thing which is like, man, that'd be kind of fun to do, but never really had like a group of people to do it. Hint, hint, we have a group now. Okay. But um, <laughs> I am for the most part down to do most things, <laughs> but no one ever asked. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, in this new year, if we, uh, if we start getting the streaming stuff in order, we can definitely do stuff like that. But that's the future. But right now, uh, yeah, so Genshin Impact just had this uh, prop hunt game, and it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a thing where I was kind of hesitant because I was just like, I really just got to get my daily sun stuff done and, like, you know, get the things I need to get so I can level up my characters. And I was like, you know what? I'll try this game. When I first tried, I was the rebel, and I had to, you know, disguise myself in the environment. And it was one of those things where at first I was just like, mm, this is okay. And then as the time ticked down and uh, the hunter was getting close, I was like, I can, I can see the appeal of this. This is actually kind of fun. And the hunter like passed by where I was, turned around, passed by again. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is actually a lot of fun. And then I actually got a chance to be a hunter. And I was kind of hesitant to being a hunter because it's always like, I don't... When it comes to hide-and-seek games, sometimes the, the hunter part isn't necessarily as balanced as being um the hunty so i was kind of hesitant about like is it going to be balanced and it definitely was balanced they definitely had skills that allow you to find the people quicker not yeah quicker quicker is a good way but um ahead of the time uh if you're playing genshin if you see the wind trace event and you're kind of wondering if you should do it definitely try it it you get primo gems from it so you know no uh no harm in trying it all right uh marcus what yes. are the games that you have been playing? So, um, last year, you may remember me, uh, after getting my new Series S, I downloaded several games for Game Pass, and Backbone was one of those games. And I finished the game, finally. Ooh, what and, did uh, you think? It's, uh, it's a game that I liked up until <laughs> get to the last stupid. section of the game. <laughs> Yeah, and it flies directly <laughs> off a cliff. And you want to like, that? Is that it a story reason, or is it does not stay in it? Does not stay. In is it, it is it a story reason, or is it gameplay reason that it flies? It's off a story the, reason. The gameplay okay, okay. is very simple, so it's never yeah. you know nothing that they really do in that game is complex from a gameplay okay. standpoint. But from a story standpoint, Jesus Christ! Like it just <laughs> it it starts off as a very grounded noir story. Mm -hmm. And then in like the fourth chapter, it goes 
full on sci-fi, like full okay. on. It's what we're and doing it's, now. It's so <laughs> jarring. That's what I said out loud. Is what we're doing now. It's so jarring. <laughs> and then you know the ending is ass. And very more the ending is so bad, in fact, that for a while, because they just did announce that they're making another backbone game. So I guess it's it might be a sequel. Um but all, all, all the, off end- the same character? I I I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but the ending is so bad that for a while it got big backlash because people were like, wait, what? That's it? Like the ending is so it's not even like the type of ending that's kind of dark but in a way that's like yeah this works within the story it's like abrupt and it's one of those Uh, endings for me where i thought it was like a fake out kind of like uh in uh what's it uh control mm -hmm. where they roll credits and you're just like wait hold on what and then the game continues that's what i was waiting for to happen it's just credits and then no it's just (laughs) it's just the game is over and i'm like yeah. Well, that was a choice. Because <laughs> I mean, so, like, um, to, to, to the point, our Marcus, like, up, like, yeah, chapter one and two and three, like, it really had me, you know, pulled. I was like, yo, where, like, where are these, yeah. where, where are these objections? Like, what's going on here? As they built, as they built up the lore, which was fascinating, but a lot of fucking cliffhangers, man. I was like, all right, well, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I, I was not expecting a, a backbone too. I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I guess, uh, I guess, hopefully will get a continuation and actual ending. But um, then outside of that, as you know, I already played Persona 5 Strikers and I played Apex Legends. And Avery, here's what happened. <laughs> the, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Did you play with any of the group or you no, solo? But the only reason I even re-downloaded <laughs> it was because the creator of Tavern Brawl hit me up. Um, and he was like, when you get back into L.A., do you have Apex Legends? And I was like, I, I don't anymore, but I guess it's still on my system somewhere. And I was just like, OK, I guess because he also wanted to talk to me about some some show stuff. So we ran some Apex for like an hour. And, you know, it's a game that feels sort of different. Now, like, I just found out that there's a character that basically is Farah from Overwatch and Bobby. like, yeah, yeah, it's over. And I would here's the thing: if you put abilities in the game, it turns into Overwatch eventually. Yes, but I say all that to say, Avery, I now have Apex back on my PlayStation. Boy. So, boy, I, I have a couple of saved games of my 2K damage Gibraltar, like. When I, t- I, I go on, this is an Avery Williams tangent of Apex Legends because I don't really get to talk about it so much because DJ Funko flames me for talking about this game. Uh, but long story short. Uh, flame? You can talk about it. It's okay. No, uh, <laughs> I, I take long breaks from Apex when I hit my tilt uh, wall in which like mm-hmm. I don't feel myself getting better at the game. And I just feel myself regressing. And it just like, I wish Sean was here because I can tell him about that one day we played Apex and we landed uh, Frag East every game for two and a half hours and just mm-hmm. died off spawn every time. And that was me tilt queuing. Cause like Apex is two things. It's a die off spawn simulator or a loot for five minutes and then die 10 minutes later because everyone else is already dead. And then you run into a team who's got red arms and everything like that. Those are two experiences. Unless you're like cracked at the game. 
And like, that was me trying to fight off Spawn every time to get better and better and better. And it's one of those things where like, I couldn't decide what role to play anymore because people who don't know, I used to play Watson. Watson became a garbage character and then I started playing Rafe. And then uh, I was starting to get better as Rafe. And then I realized that Gibraltar is broken. So I started playing Gibraltar. But the issue with playing Gibraltar is no one wants to play with the Gibraltar. <laughs> Like, he's the best legend in the game, but no one understands how fucking powerful his dome, his gun shield, mm. his passive, and his ult is. So they always mm -hmm. play off to the side, so I can't bubble and save them. It's a whole thing. I always play on comms. It's, it's a whole thing. And so I, I vacillate between them. So I've, I've settled into being, I'm playing Gibraltar. So if mm. you need some bubbles thrown from your brother, let me know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because, I mean, and I won't talk long about this because it's apex legends but uh i still play with uh lifeline um I can't, I can't because at this point i can't pinch ball to them at this point i've settled into a support thing like i play more tank now on overwatch than i used to but like lucio's still my guy and so like i just inherently think support but the first few games we played we got washed and then as time went on, we had some games where we were like back to back to back in the top 10. And in the last game we played, we were in the top three. So it was pretty fun, you know? I would say, uh, my thing with Lifeline is that she's very much a character who's, who hasn't been meta in years and they don't know what to do with. Like she's great <laughs> as a like early on legend, but if you really want to play support and you really want to help out your team, like I'd say play Loba. I, I haven't unlocked any of these new characters. Okay. <laughs> when you get the Loba, play Loba. Gotcha. But yeah, how that's do, what How I'm do you playing. go about unlocking the characters? Is it just like uh, a get enough, get enough coin to buy them? Every time your account levels up, you get legend tokens, which you can then uh, redeem. I think 14K is for a new legend. And I think you get 600 or so. Or you can just spend like $10 and just unlock the legend. Yep. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah um all right uh avery since since uh you talk about apex uh what other games you've been playing okay so to clarify this the only reason my list of games was conceivably long is that we didn't record a traditional episode for about a month and in that time uh i usually spend the end of the year in the beginning of the year going through a combination of my backlog and then going through other people's games of the year list and playing those games to see if I have similar thoughts and things like that. And I will say that surprisingly, this has been my most productive one month of playing games all year, in which I think mm -hmm. I fundamentally beat eight to 10 games wow. in the span of this month. So I like had a lot on my plate, uh, but first things first, in the spirit of Apex, I'm gonna talk about Valorant. Uh, episode four started this week and we just got our next agent, Neon. And in our group slat, I sent to Sean her intro trailer because she's straight up an Apex Legends character in that her primary ability is that she runs faster than any other character in Valorant. And if you understand how Valorant and tax shooters work, being able to move like quickly is always a plus. And then she can slide and she's the only character in the game that can slide. Uh, and so that's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm going to keep my Valorant thoughts pretty short because A, I'm garbage at the game and this is not the audience for me to talk about Valorant. But long story short, I, I really like Neon. I think she's really good. She's really good for ranked. I can't wait to see her play the competitive because I think she, she's broken, but not broken in a way that like I can't wait to see if people react to this. Because she's a character who can play on A site and then if people push B, she can be on B site faster than anyone could predict. 
another thing that's kind of broken for her. She doesn't make any sound when she's running, which I think is stupid. <laughs> so like, uh, oh, a, a, and like, she's fast. Yeah. So like, if you're posted outside like, of like a site and like your four man like preparing for an exec, she could be behind you and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> and she, yeah. and she can just frag out your entire team and you just unless you were just expecting someone to be on your flank five seconds into the round. But yeah, she's fun. The Ares is dumb. They need to get rid of that gun. Uh, next, I played Forgotten City. I played about three time loop games this year, and Forgotten City mm-hmm. is the best of the three. It was on my top 10 games list of 2021. I think it was either five or six. The only reason I picked Deathloop above it in terms of like time loop games is because I think from a production standpoint, Deathloop is a much better game than Forgotten City. Mm-hmm. But Forgotten City is super impressive. It's made by a team of like four guys. It's a, it's essentially like four guys made a mod in Skyrim and then someone told them, hey, you could probably turn this into an actual game. So they took that mod, took out all the Skyrim parts and then repurposed it into a game. And like, hmm. it's probably the best, most interesting six hours I played in a game. Uh, right. So the game begins and you're just this random person. You get to pick your backstory. You meet this white woman named Karen and uh she she tells you her friend is missing and like he was exploring this uh she asked for the manager dude that's a joke. i'm not going to talk more <laughs> about aaron because like i have a lisp and i have a problem pronouncing words sometimes and the pronunciation of her name is a big uh spoiler in regard to this game and its central conceits so they acknowledge up front hey my name is karen and like you as the character could be like oh like the white woman and she'd be like yeah, sure, and we can move on from there. But there's actually something more deeper in regards to her name. Also, short, she tells you about her friend is missing in a, in a temple. You go investigate the temple, and you find her friend's corpse, and he's been dead for like over a thousand years, and you don't know why. And you, as you try and leave the temple, you get sucked into a time loop, and you find yourself in ancient Rome, in the city, buried in a mountain where like everyone here has. You're trying to figure out a how to escape and what's going on in the city because. There's a thing called the golden rule that if you break the law, which is murder and theft, all the gold statues in the city come to life and murder everyone. Yikes. Oh. When you do that, the mayor of the town runs back to this temple and opens a portal and tells you go through the portal. And when you go through the portal, you warp back to the moment you came initially there. And so the game is you trying to figure out what's going on with the golden rule, all the trials and tribulations of the town. It's sort of, it's very Majora's Mask in that like, you can only really do one thing every loop conveniently because time moves forward every time you do it. But one thing I really like about the game is that there's this one character at the beginning of the game who's just a super nice guy. And like, if you show up and you tell him, hey man, we've had this conversation before. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. He's like, I bet I'll do it. (laughs) And he just (laughs) goes around being like this town savior while you deal with other stuff. Long story short, the only thing I will say uh, about this game's narrative and the big twist in regards to it, like if you play an Assassin's Creed, you know exactly where this game is going in regards mm-hmm. to where its narrative goes. But like, I yeah. really fucking enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, and then with Elden Ring coming out, I decided that I'm going to... I, I, one thing I've been telling people over and over again that people aren't really hearing is that there's nothing about Elden Ring that is distinct from Dark Souls. Like, everything I've seen about that game is just, it's just Dark Souls in a different environment. What about the swords, Avery? What about the swords? But George R. R. Martin, Avery? Yes. <laughs> and if they're going to tell a story the exact same way of Dark Souls, most people aren't going to get that story because they're not going to read every item in the game. That's why Absolutely we need NFT right. voices. <laughs>
But long story short, I've been replaying Dark Souls 1 and 2. I beat Dark Souls 1. I will reiterate the same thing I said when I beat Bloodborne ages ago, because this is my second time playing Dark Souls 1, is that these games are not hard. Like, if you play them like RPGs and don't act like an idiot, it's easy to get through them. Right. But long story short, I beat Dark Souls 1. Wasn't really a challenge. I've already played it before, but I played it again. So I beat it and was like, oh, I love this game. This game is fucking fantastic. I'm in the middle of Dark Souls 3 again. Uh, I'm not touching Dark Souls 2 uh, a 10 foot pole, but that's just uh, because I don't want to deal with that smoke. Uh, What's wrong with that game? It wasn't made by uh, Miyazaki. It was made by a completely different team. Oh. So it has the trapping of Dark Souls 1, but it did a bunch of different things I just don't find as interesting as Dark Souls 1. Uh, yeah. And then my favorite pastime with Souls games is the do the prepare to try playthrough, which is I play the game and then I watch an episode of prepare to try which was an old IGN show about a person who's never played Dark Souls playing Dark Souls. And it's so funny to see how bad Rory Powers is at this game and how easy it was for me to get through most of it. Uh, So yeah, loving Dark Souls. Can't wait to get into Elden Ring and play and beat that game. And then uh, hear the criticism from DJ. Oh man, here are all the things in Souls games I don't like. They're in this game. I'm like, they've always been in there. Just fucking play Dark Souls. It's like $20. Uh... And the last I, thing I, I, I plan on giving Elden Ring my time and energy. Okay. That's my promise uh, to the craft. And then the last game I was able to check out. This is the only game of the longest of games I played that I really haven't beaten. It's Chicory. Uh, I'm playing it on the recommendation of Janet Garcia from uh, uh, Kind of uh, well, Kind of Funny. Yes, from Kind of Funny. Uh, I want to specifically give her the PS I Love You uh, XOXO shout out. But yeah, uh, this game is delightful. It's twee as fuck. So, like, if you look at the game's art style and say this game is not for you, it's not for you. But in terms of, like, experience, it's actually really interesting, really fun. And I, I totally understand why she put it on one of her top ten games. It was caping for it really hard. But that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I played a lot more, but I don't think we have the time or energy to talk through them. All right. Uh, that has been what we have been playing. But before we jump into the quick hits... We have a little special segment. We have a message from a listener. So this comes from First uh, time George. Ever. It really, though, yeah. So this comes from George, a.k.a. Fake Helium. I love that name. That's dope. Um, he says, Hi, loving the podcast recently. I was wondering if you guys could talk about any games like Terraria or Hollow Knight. They are both games which I think could make it to the Hall of Games, especially Hollow Knight, seeing how seeing as it was only made by two people. So uh, thanks for writing in, George. Out of these two games, I, I have Hollow Knight free on my uh, PS Plus. I'm actually going to download it. Um, I've been wanting to try the game out, but I just haven't really had the time to just do it. Sean's played but, um, a whole bunch of it, though. Yeah, yeah. And Terraria, actually, me and Shireen played a lot of Terraria, I think, a few years back. But we played it on our iPads, I believe. But yeah, we absolutely love Terraria. Um, so uh, here's the thing that we could do. Um, if you have Hollow Knight available free on your PlayStation, I'm talking to us, the cast. Uh, I think Avery already mentioned his thoughts on Hollow Knight because he's, he's aware of it. Um, you know, try it out. I plan on trying it out. And next week, I will give my impressions on the game. And you guys can do the same. Our first listener suggestion, listener game suggestion. Yeah. Oh, it is on Game Pass. All right, I'm buying right now. Very good. There you go. George, let's play no more. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, George. Um, yeah, thanks, George. Any, any of 
Yeah. Any of you uh, listeners or viewers want to write in, maybe suggest a game to us, uh, do do what George did. Just write us at our email, which is at press X number two. No, it's press X to start. So T as in T-O. Press X to start podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Uh, with that being said, now we can do a little ad read. Uh, what is what is the jingle for the ad read? Is there there's no 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 there's no jingle? I mean, we right? just say the sponsor and then we go into it. I like it. That that should just be what happens. Oh my god! Right there. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for years, <laughs> but it's a new year though. Oh, uh, you you you're the worst. <laughs> hey there! Enjoying the episode? Want to hear more? Then we're gonna need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have subscribed, great. Spread the word. Tell everybody. To follow us on social media, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at PressX number two start, Twitter at PressX number two S, and YouTube now at PressX to start TV. And if you've done all of this already, well done. And we are back. And now it is time for the quick hits. Number one, this comes from GameSpot. Uh, PlayStation VR 2 detailed and Horizon Call of the Mountain announced. Uh, so this is actually a, an older story while we were on, I guess, quote unquote, break. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the VR 2 because that requires more time and, and, and you know, some more uh, detailed look. But we're not going to do that. So essentially, PlayStation just announced their new ps of vr2 at ces 2022 that's cool and they also announced um horizon call to the mountain which is going to just be a vr game um yeah they showed a a clip from it it looks pretty interesting um in terms of psvr2 i'm i'm kind of holding my horses and and waiting to see like what that looks like and what the lineup for the games are going to be because i i have psvr and i really just played it for a couple of games and that was it. Um yeah, what do you guys thoughts on this PS VR2 the 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 Call of the Mountain announcement? Uh I am super excited. Uh Horizon is one of my favorite games. More Horizon content, yeah. super interesting. More Horizon content is is an interesting move from PlayStation of how they see Horizon yeah. as a game franchise cuz they could have easily just done an Astrobot thing and been like jumped on that cachet, but they were like, no, we're going to make a AAA Horizon thing for this project, so I'm super interested in that. Uh, I think I'm on the opposite spectrum of you. If I get a chance to get my hands on the PSVR 2, I'm going to get it. I really enjoyed my PSVR. I didn't play it as much as I thought I would, but that's only because that's less of there weren't games for it, and more of I don't have the time and energy to set up my PSVR right now to do it. I also really yeah. don't have the space because the only place I can play my PSVR is in my living room at home, which I share with my entire family. I can't really do it in my room. Right. That being said, uh, the specs of the PSVR 2 are super interesting in comparison to the specs of other uh, software. So the only question mark with PSVR 2, which I don't think is a question mark because it doesn't make sense to do this, is its compatibility library. But in a world where the PlayStation 5 is backwards compatible with the PlayStation 4, I see no reason why the PSVR 2 wouldn't be backwards compatible. And with the specs yeah. that it's bringing, with the power of the PlayStation 5 as its software, there's no reason that this game won't launch with Half-Life Alex. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So I'm super excited on all fronts. Yeah. I don't care about VR, so right. that, <laughs> I, that's, that's my stance on it. All right. How about you, Jordan? 
Same. I mean, VR is getting up there. PlayStation, out of all the main gaming companies, is at the leading edge of it. And when mm-hmm. VR finally does take off, it will be there more so right. than Nintendo or Xbox. But VR is still pretty niche right now. And it's, yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet with VR. Yeah, all I, don't, I don't begrudge Oculus it. And all of them. Yeah. Like, the yeah. HTC, I just don't do VR at all. It's definitely got its place, but that's not how I play games, really. Yeah, I, I enjoyed my PSVR, but it was like Avery said, like I, I didn't play it nearly as much as I thought I would. And also my setup is also very cumbersome in terms of I got to move this. I got to move that. Yeah, don't, so. don't play VR near your child, DJ. Jesus Christ. And something, I want, and something I want to point out about PSVR, because I think there was an argument about a lack of games for that. And I... I think people underestimate the amount of games that have PSVR modes in it. Like games, well, that's that you, true would, too, yeah. games you would buy normally, not thinking about PSVR, that has PSVR support in it. Right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next quick hit, it, I, I kind of group these together because I feel like they might be um, indications of what Project Spartacus could eventually be. So first one is from PlayStation <laughs> Universe from Dave Carcoso. Mm, car- Carcasso. Carcosa. True Car- detective. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, there's a new patent from Mark Cerny suggesting PlayStation has solved their backwards compatibility issues. Uh, that's pretty cool. And the second article is from VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb saying that Sony is pulling PlayStation Now retail cards from UK retailers. So we know already that the PlayStation Now is going to be... Um, a part of PlayStation Plus, and that's going to be what Project Spartacus is rumored to be. But this whole backwards compatibility thing, it's very possible that this could also be another um, tier of this new subscription service. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I just thought those were interesting. Uh, number three, this comes from Dual Shockers Kyle Knight. PlayStation Discord integration could be happening imminently. Um, this is also interesting, too. So some Redditor was able to um, force enable PlayStation integration with Discord. And this person posted on the Discord Reddit, and it was taken down by the moderator. So that is an indication of, oh, this must be happening very soon. Um, the person that posted it posted images and stuff of it to show that, you know, they actually did it. So, the, you know, this is cool. Um I, I put a little note in here, like I said, I hope this isn't part of Project Spartacus. I, I really hope that this whole Discord integration thing is just a free thing for everyone, and it's not like part of a tiered system. Um, yeah, like the, I don't know. If I may, like the this Discord system will help solve PlayStation's need for communication between PCs and PlayStation, because yeah, I think that yeah. pathway is currently there, mm-hmm. unlike Xbox. Like they, they just need an application that's going to allow mm-hmm. PlayStation users to communicate on their PCs. I don't believe the right. PlayStation app, like, I don't think there, there's a PlayStation app on Windows right now. There's a Discord app, there's other voice apps, but I think Discord may be their pathway to bridge those communications. Yeah, yeah. I hope that this integration is going to be um, embedded into the PlayStation and not just a, oh, you can connect your PlayStation app to your to Discord app. And then, yeah, I, I just hope that it, it's going to be like revolutionary and not just like, well, my, my thing with what we're asking for, if PlayStation had bought Discord outright, I would have believed that. But for the most part, they only took a minority stake in it. Yeah. 
So linking their entire messaging software through Discord is a weird move. Yeah, that's I don't think point, they're going to yeah. do that. I just think like yeah. the Discord app is going to be in a better state than it is on other devices on the PlayStation, yeah. to which you'll be able to communicate through the app into other devices, especially for, for cross-platform um, capabilities as they you know invest more in the PC market. Right. I just hope that I can take my videos from my console and like send it to myself over Discord so I can download onto my computer because right now they have no solution for that. Honestly, what I do is I upload everything to a secret YouTube channel and then just uh, download it from the YouTube channel. That's a good... I, I should do that. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, number four, this comes from Forbes' Paul Tassie. Estimates indicate Xbox Series X slash S may be selling nearly as well as PS5. Um, essentially, uh, Nico Partners analyst uh, Daniel Ahmad says that Xbox Series X and S have shipped at least 12 million units. Uh, PS5 has sold 13.4 million units in October 21st. Um, essentially, you can do some math and, and guessing to guess that <laughs> Xbox Series X slash S is probably around 13 or 14 million units right now. And PS5 is maybe at 15 to 17 million units right now. Um, but I mean, you know, it's pretty close and both consoles has not reached their saturation point. So it is pretty much when the consoles get into the stores, people are buying the consoles. That's um, the general issue is that yeah. I think we're, we're not in a market where like they're just freely out there to really determine like what's more popular. Because even the PlayStation 15, 17 million compared to that, that makes sense. Cause like, Hey, this is the amount they were able to produce. <laughs> like exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and then the other uh, aspect to this is that PlayStation is extending PS4 productions beyond 2022, while Xbox has stopped production of Xbox One in 2020. So it, it's one of those Xbox things where, one you know, hot trash. Oh, yeah. They try to get away from that. But like, it yeah. does kind of play into the style here because I mean, the Xbox Series yeah. X is like a quote-unquote lower-powered version of the Xbox it's, Series X, and it's easier yeah. to produce. Yeah, Jordan. But the PlayStation 5, like, like, let's say, the PlayStation 5 doesn't have, like, that lower-tier alternative that is more easily to produce, so they had to go back to the 4. Yeah, right. Jordan, uh, correct me. What is the specs between the Series S and the Xbox One X? In terms of resolutions, the Xbox Series S can do 4K at 60 frames per second, while but the Series S... Um, can only produce resolutions up to 1440p. No, I mean like the One X, not the Series X. Oh, the One X. Uh, the One X probably was actually able to finally get to 1080p because the Xbox One was only up to like 900p. Like it was far lower than the PlayStation 4. Yeah. So, like to uh, Jordan's earlier point, it, it's pretty much that in in a world where we believe in generations, uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro is now the Series S to the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Yeah. Yup. Okay. Um, number five. This comes from Ubisoft News. Ubisoft Plus coming to Xbox and Rainbow Six Extraction is launching on Xbox Game Pass. That is cool and cool. All right. Number six. This comes from Games Daily. Sam Dustoff. We'll go with that. Uh, Take Two acquires Zanga for $12.7 billion. And for our over 30 crowd it's not the zanga you think <laughs> all right um yeah so the acquisition by take two includes a number of zanga owned studios including small giant games peak games grand games natural motion and rolic 
Uh, Natural Motion is actually an important one there because they created the drunk system in GTA. Cool. I guess. I, yeah, I, I, guess. I, um, I have some feelings what a, about... What a weird claim to fame. Yeah, right? We are masters of inebriation. <laughs> <laughs> I have some weird feelings about Zanga because um, when I started my whole game testing career, I was working for a third party um, uh, game tester thing and we worked for Zanga and they're terrible. So we're just going to leave it at that. Spill that tea, King. Ah, <laughs> <They> are... <laughs> uh, that 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 was a choice. That was a choice. Yeah, number seven. This comes from Games Radar Plus by uh, Vicky Blake. A new Armor Core game is reportedly in development. <sighs> because we're short on time, I'm just gonna keep it short. You know, because this is gonna be a story that everyone hears for this entire year. You're gonna hear about Armor Core, boy. You're gonna hear about it. Anyways, I'm, uh, I'm happy also, for you, DJ. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy for Front Software. I'll take they've that. Fly- I'll take that. <laughs> they've been flying to the sun recently. They need to get knocked down a couple pegs. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, they will by Elden Ring. Although I picked that for my uh, fantasy league, so I may be uh, screwing myself. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, so essentially, a consumer survey reported from Elden Ring developer from Software has revealed a new Armor Core installment and is in development. So this survey showed um, some pictures. There was um, a video, and the person describing it said that um, if you know Armor Core, which a lot of people don't know Armor Core, um, you know it's giant mechs. You shoot guns. You have missiles. You have um, melee options, and that's a lot of what people saw in this survey. And I, an earlier story happened like a few years ago where the I forget his name, but um. The the creator of the Soul series talked about how he also Hidetaki Miyazaki nailed it Miyazaka yeah he talked about how he also wanted to uh, go back to Armor Core and stuff so it just happened to be the time where that, that's going to happen okay number eight this comes from Deadlines Alexandria del del Rosario did I nail that yes I think so yes yes my Spanish paid off in the end eventually all right uh, Storm Readcast and Last of Us show. She'll be playing the role of Riley, Ellie's best friend that she lost during the initial fall of the world. It's, it's, For it's those 2021. That... Let's, she's not her. They're not friends. Oh, yeah. They're right. young. I mean, it's 2021. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yes, I'll yes, say. Yes. I, I'll I, say that they were friends up until they kissed and then she died. So, like, I don't know if I would call them full on lovers. That's why I said I young just, lovers. I said young lovers. Yeah. I'm only I'm only clarifying this because it's one of those things of like the representation of Ellie and uh, Riley Mm. in regards to conversations about Last of Us. Fair. By by the way, Avery, it's it's 2022. In my head, it's still 2021. (laughs) In my head, it's still 2020. But uh, (laughs) for those of you who don't know who Storm Reed is, she was in The Wrinkle in Time. She plays Rue's sister in Euphoria. uh, And she was in. I feel like there's something else that I'm missing. But yeah. That's that's uh, I know she works a lot with Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason why I felt like it was necessary to bring up this story outside of what we're going to segue into for the heavy hitter is by the fact that they're having Riley in the show. It makes me even more confused as to what this show is going to be and what they're tackling. 
because Riley only showed up in the DLC for the first game. And I don't know if this game is going to be, I don't know if this show is going to be a one-to-one retelling of the first Last of Us game leading up to Last of Us 2, or if it's going to be something more loose format. I'm very curious. I'm hoping this doesn't go the Walking Dead route. And I, I understand people like this, oh. but I didn't where Walking De- the first sort of arc of Walking Dead ends with a certain character's death, but they didn't do that. And that character just kept showing up throughout most of the rest of the show to a certain point uh, for drama. Uh, in my regard, I think from the storm recasting and how late it is that they're going to do the, okay, they're going to throw in Left Behind as an episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Specifically in that part where it narratively takes place in. Right. But because it's well, it could go either way, I guess, because like Storm Reed is a actress on the rise. So it's not necessarily a stunt casting, but it is a big enough name where I'm wondering if they're just going to have her there for a one off or if they're going to have her show up in multiple flashback styles. I do agree with you, though, Avery. I'm really hoping that they don't do some she in this version of the last of us she never died and yeah she, and it's like she, well that they get, kind the, of, they get the they get to tommy's camp and she's there and ellie has to do with the drama of being a young lesbian oh my god yeah because yeah, i think at that point it would kind of take away something that's very integral to young ellie's journey um so yeah I, I we'll see but the, i i relatively trust the creative team and neil's involved the smartest thing yeah. they can do is just adapt the show one for one but for a television medium you don't need to really change or add stuff it's the one interesting thing about last of us as a game is there's so much background material that you can draw from without having to create stuff full cloth to pad out a runtime yeah yeah so we shall see Hmm. Uh, before we head on dj i just i just want to make a quick correction to what i said earlier about the xbox one x um it does have up to 4K resolutions, and in terms of the comparison between a PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series S does have more RAM and processing power compared to the Pro. It's not a unilateral comparison, but the Pro is still one hell of a console. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that has been our quick hits. And with that being said, it is time to switch into the, the heavy hitter. All right. As we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about NFTs. So uh, this comes from Forbes. Uh, Paul Tassi, The Last of Us actor Troy Baker angers fans with voice NFT support. So how this is going to go, I'm just going to read off um, a good chunk of text and then we can just talk from there. So prolific video game voice actor Troy Baker, best known for playing Joel in The Last of Us, announced a partnership with Voiceverse, a company that claims to be turning AI-generated voices into NFTs. Uh, Troy tweets, I'm partnering with at Voice First NFT to explore ways where together we can bring more tools to new creators and make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IP they create. Uh, we all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What will it be? Question mark. So that was his uh, tweet. And then with this tweet, he posted a picture of himself in the style of an NFT. And like the first tweet was like, are you becoming an NFT? And he was like, no. So off the bat, it was kind of 
confusing in terms of he didn't need that photo. That photo kind of just muddied his message. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, the video game industry, you know, literally set his Twitter account on fire because, as we all know, NFTs is starting to encroach into the environment and no one is liking it. And, um, you know, a lot of people just kind of looked at this as part of that and they just turned their ire towards uh, Troy Baker. So um, there was a number of complaints being made by fans and fellow members of the game industry. Uh, so number one, supportive NFTs with, criti- with critics claims encourage creative theft and damage to the environment. It is a touch the stove position among many in the industry at this point. Uh, Baker appears to be promoting technology that could theoretically aim to devalue or even replace that he and his fellow voice actors do. And number three, reading through voice versus actual plans, it's hard to believe the logistic reality of much of this with pitches full of typical imagine this possible, no, imagine this was possible language, which barely anything concrete to show for it. So with me putting together this heavy hitter, right? I've heard uh, a few takes on this and they were mostly negative and I was like, okay, I can understand that, but I can also see the possibility in the future of like why Troy would do something like this and why it's actually kind of cool. Uh, this was all before I went to Voice Versus website. Um, I went to Voice Versus website and I was like, "Oh, I see the grift here. This is this is not great." Their website is very uh, poppy. It's very colorful. It's very like, "Hey, we're doing something new. Check us out. We're cool." And um, so this is pulled from uh, Voice Versus website. Voice First is a voice metaverse. They don't actually explain which metaverse. They just kind of say metaverse, and we're supposed to believe that it's just a thing that is already working, and you can go into and see what the metaverse is. Um, built around an initial drop of 8,888 first-of-its-kind voice NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain, the vision is to provide everyone a voice in the metaverse, spanning across various dimensions from games and movies to music and video calls. What is a voice NFT? Voice NFT is a second generation NFT built with AI and high functioning utility that provides you an ownership to a unique voice in the metaverse. You can use it for in-game chats, Zoom calls, YouTube, and TikTok, and create whatever content you desire, and even mix your own voices with our voice NFTs. So that is the verbiage on Voiceverse. That is confusing to say the least. Um, so to, to get us started on this conversation, I just did a quick search of what's an NFT. Um, this information comes from the verge. So what's NFT? NFT is a non-fungible token. Non-fungible more or less means that it's unique and can't be replaced with something else. For example, a Bitcoin is fungible. Trade one for another Bitcoin. Uh, and you'll have exactly the same thing. A one-of-kind trading card, however, is non-fungible. If you've traded it for a different card, you have something completely different. Uh, you gave up a Squirtle and got a 1909 T206 Honda's wing. I don't even know what the fuck that's supposed to be. Um, a card. Which stadium? Okay, yeah. Or oh, okay, yeah, you're right. No, no. Or that. <laughs> yeah, it could be a graphics card. Um, which stadium talk calls the Mona Lisa of baseball cards. Sure. Um, how do NFTs work? 
At a very high level, most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Dogecoin, whatever how they pronounce it. Dogecat. <laughs> Uh, but its blockchain also supports these NFTs, which stores extra information that makes them work differently from, say, the Ethereum coin, which I don't know why they included that. But um, it is worth noting that other blockchains can implement their own versions of NFTs. Some has already done so. Okay, so that's all the information for this. Now we can actually talk about this. Um, this comes down to it just being a bad idea for Troy Baker. So that's been another episode of Press X Start Podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a position that I had before I actually looked at Voice Versus website and was just very confused by what I saw there. Um, Overall, I think what he's doing, and we also talked about this before the cast too. Overall, what I think he's doing is a smart move for him and his IP because this technology of mimicking voices, um, using the content that is freely available on the internet to um, do machine learning and using an AI to just figure out, okay, well, this is how this person talks. This is this is his uh, mannerisms. And you can just type in, hey, my name is I'm a black person. And it will come out as Troy Baker's voice. Like, that's something that people can do. <laughs> people can just imagine do right now. Joel from The Last of Us saying, <laughs> hi, I'm a black person. Right? That's interesting because you would get Troy's normal speaking voice, but you probably Why wouldn't not? get Joel's actual voice. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So um, also, we're going to be bumping up with the the whole concepts of, not the whole concept, we know what the concept is, but we're going to be bumping up with examples of deep fakes in our society. And essentially, deep fakes is just the next level of this, where it's basically taking a picture of a person and making that picture move and talk in a manner that makes it look like that person actually did it. And that's a big problem. Total anarchy. Yeah. And so what, what Troy Baker is doing right here is seeing, well, I guess not, not a, he may or may not be seeing the, the horizon of, you know, what technology has in store with, for voice actors, but he's definitely, um, you know, trying to step in front of this and trying to, as he says, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Um, we all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What will it be? So, uh, yeah. That's whack as fuck. <laughs> hey, that's, some, that's some goddamn Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> But As someone who's listened to Troy Baker talk on hours and hours for at least the last two years now, that's something that's very in line with how he actually talks. It's yeah. one of those things where, like, if you don't know Troy Baker, you read that and say, if you're going to hate on this, I don't want to talk to you. That's how that sounds. Yeah. If you know Troy Baker, that's it's a completely different intonation of what that means. But like outside looking in, that's a bad fucking thing to say. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is one of those things where he's like, hey, that's look, I'm jumping on pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's definitely looking at this technology and jumping on it and is basically saying, like, hey, look, 
I'm seeing what the future has to hold. And I am trying to be on the part where I can make sure that I get my money. And um, every mentioned that uh, he was on a podcast with Alana Pierce and some other people. And he kind of had a, um, you know, response to all this criticism. And he's basically saying like, hey, yeah, like I'm I'm doing this to ensure well, okay, like, to secure that's a future for not, my son. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. One of the things Alana asked him point blank is, hey, are you doing this for the money? And he said, nah. Like, I will get money from this, but like, that's not my main thing. My main thing is this will create an avenue for developers to get voice work in their games without having to compromise other aspects of their, their budgets. Because like voice acting is expensive. It is, especially if you want to get recognizable voice actors in your games. Uh, and I think the example they used was the Banner Saga, in which the Banner Saga team wanted to have voice acting in the game, but they had so much text in their game that it wouldn't be cost-effective for them to do any VO in that game. So they just did it without. Uh, a product of the likes of what this is, and the reason Troy signed up was for that. He didn't sign up for the NFT stuff, even though his tweet said the NFT stuff. Like it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, right. this is a man who, I'd say do your due diligence and listen to the play watch listen that came out recently in which he sits down with mike bithel lana pierce two very fundamentally against nft people and then austin wintry a uh, composer who is dealing with the ramifications of what the voice actor program that troy wants to do has already happened in the music industry and have that conversation because it's a more nuanced and interesting conversation than anything i can say ultimately i'm on the mindset of that troy made a mistake on this partnering with this in this way there are other ways he could have gone about to start working on this. The fact that this company is working with NFTs tells me that they're grifters. Like my big thing of NFTs are, I don't even give a shit about the environmental impact because let's be honest, if people give a shit about environmental impact, a lot of shit that we do as a, a society wouldn't be an issue. Like, like we, we would actually- And we'd with, be more so targeting the giant corporations because- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, are, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything we do has an environmental impact. NFT stuff has a really bad environmental footprint, which I also dislike. But that's not the reason I dislike it. I dislike it because the same people who push NFTs are the same people who push crypto. I don't like crypto, bros. I also think there is a level of scam energy on NFTs because people going to people who know shit and saying, "Hey, man, here's what we can do with NFTs," and the people who are saying we know shit, you can't do that. And say, but what if we could? And they're like. No, you can't. Like before <laughs> Troy became the main character of Twitter, Mike Shinoda was the main character of Twitter. Because he was like Ooh. he was like, oh, imagine no, if Mike you play Va- imagine if you buy a skin in Valorant and I could take that skin to Fortnite or I could take that skin to Apex Legends. This is something we can do with NFTs. And a bunch of game devs were like, No, you can't, dude, because what you're asking <laughs> is for the Valorant team to make an asset and then give up the copyright rights of that asset to every other company, and then you're asking every other company to then spend development time on allowing that asset to be shared into your game, and that's ignoring art styles and things like that. Yeah, I have the Oni Vandal. There's no Vandal in Apex Legends. I can't take that gun and put it in Apex Legends. That's so fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah. It it is a lot of people talking about a subject that they know they know from a very shallow perspective. And I think that's where I get kind of annoyed with the whole NFT talk, especially like in the game industry, we have a bunch of um, publishers talking about how, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to add NFTs to our games. And typically really, Square, and truly, Square Enix and Ubisoft. 
You right, have already yeah. implemented NFTs in their court system for uh, uh, Ghost Recon. And that's clearly oh, a fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's clearly yeah. like... NFTs allow them to make money without doing anything. Yeah. Because they would theoretically get a point on every sale. And for the most part, they're not producing anything. So they're just getting free money if these things get sold around. Right. And I heard a very uh, eloquent way of this conversation from uh, Jeff Grubb in, on his thing, where he was saying how essentially the work of selling a thing transfers from the, the publisher or the, the game dev where they're trying to sell you this like DLC or whatever. And that work goes to the consumer. So you might be playing a game and someone kind of jumps on and they start talking to you and they might start talking to you in a way where, you know, hey, um, you know, this this cool skin I got, you know, it's pretty dope. Like, I really like how it looks. Don't you don't you kind of want to, you know, be a part of this? You can get it, too, if you just pay me X number of dollars. And it's one of those things where you, you never like know. Bots. It really and truly like you never know what kind of conversation you're going to be having with people with this whole NFT thing happening. But um, that's that. In terms of this conversation, um, yeah, I was very much so on the side of like, yeah, like I can I can understand and I can see why Troy Baker is doing the things that he did. And then I went to the Voiceverse website. And as I said earlier, that website screams grift. And it is very colorful. As the 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 content I just read, like they they have a roadmap on their website. And it's a very high level, like, this is the things we want to do. And it does scream, imagine if this was possible language. And it, it is very much so like, I don't, I don't know if any of this is going to actually come to fruition, my guys. Like, this isn't, it doesn't scream confident. It does scream like, this, hey, we're trying to make some money before we dip out. This very much screams to me in regards to Troy of a Valkyrie reflect situation. But if you didn't know, Valkyrie, one of the co-owners of 100 Thieves, one of the biggest esports organizations in North America, partnered with a skincare company that was in like Ulta and shit called Reflect. And they claimed that their product could reverse the effects of blue light on your skin. Wow. But then, <laughs> this, but then people with any knowledge looked at this like one, the company wouldn't give out any of their science of how they mm-hmm. proved they could do that. And then B, people with actual science knowledge like, Blue light isn't as damaging to your skin as this company is really purporting. So it's one of those yeah. things where like Valkyrie put her name out there. Everyone shit on her for about two, three weeks. She only got out of her contract because like someone else leaked DMs of her complaining about the, the fallout of all of this to like everything. Yeah. But it screams to me as those situations where ultimately it's going to do two things. A bunch of people are not going to like Troy Baker. They're going to like they're going yeah. to immediately be like, oh, he's a scam artist. I don't like him. Yada, yada. They're probably going to if they're of the Jason Schreier alkalites, they're probably going to be like, ha, I knew he was an asshole this entire time. And that's going to be the situation going forward. For the most part, I don't think it's going to affect his work in games at all. Yeah. And this company is going to, I think, quietly disappear. Because I think they're <laughs> quietly going to disappear. Because people have yeah. already started bringing out litigious stuff about, hey, man, you're not just going to Troy and like, hey, can we get your voice print so we can do this thing? They're also just like straight up taking people's voices to make their products. And that's not even me getting to the Theranos of it all of, hey, is this product that you're making actually working? Or is this you just claiming you've created 
this product that it's working. Yeah. It's a grift. I mean, on top of all of that, it is the what is the actual outcome to all this? You have a bunch of people talking as Troy Baker saying whatever they want to say. Like, what if someone easily just okay, I'm I'm gonna spend whatever, $120 to to get Troy Baker's voice. Now I'm about to say some inflammatory shit. Like uh, yeah, to to that point, Troy addresses that in that podcast I was talking about, and he really? makes a point that that shit's already there. Like I'm a well, fan that's of true. That's yeah, true. yeah, I'm a fan of Hassan uh, uh, Hassan Piker, and one of his mods created a robot voice of him to just say whatever he wants. Oh wow! So that shit's already <laughs> out there. Like the the genie's yeah. out of the bag. Like if you're if you're that's angry true. about the stuff existence, it already exists. The question is yeah. what we are going to do with it, and can we get it to a point where, like, honestly, I'm hoping that we go the route of eugenics with this. We're like, we went out of the wazoo oh. of making a lot. No, here, 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 thing. We we <laughs> regulated the shit out of eugenics <laughs> before it became a thing. Like mm-hmm. the shit that people dream of with eugenics, you can't just do because all this right, shit right, is right. controlling it. I just want it to be used responsibly going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It won't though. Oh, it won't. You don't. I'm just trying to like bridge the eugenics to the to the to the thing okay you don't believe in society's ability to do the right thing marcus absolutely not for shame for shame (laughs) well yeah i mean we're all ending with this is this is just a bad idea and troy baker more than likely just got taken advantage of and unfortunately this is just a thing that happens hopefully uh he will recover we which we know we will and this company will um they will go into the recesses of the shadowy underbelly of the internet and they'll reemerge as Zengaverse 2.0. Did I say Zenga? No, I said Zengaverse, yeah, because that's how I that's how I feel about Zenga. Anyways, um, this has been another episode of Press X Star Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps because anything and everything you do for us will help us be the best us that we can for you listener and viewer um in case you missed any of this you can find any of the details and more on our website at press x number two start.com again make sure if you are watching this make sure you like you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell because we need all three things from you dear listener and if you want to write us and and suggest a game or suggest a story or suggest anything like what hat i should wear Make sure you hit us on our email at pressxtostartpodcast at gmail.com. And again, that is two as in T-O and not number two. I have a lot of slap in my mouth. Um, yeah, with all that being said, you, uh, you take care. You have a great day. You wash your hands and you double mask up because Omicron out here touching everybody. I'm working from home going forward, everybody. Oh, good job. Omarion out here wilding. <laughs> all right, peace. Peace.